0: Had an absolutely marvelous time studying uh, for this message last night. Sometimes uh, when you're studying the Bible, you're mining the scriptures. Sometimes when you're studying the Bible, you're sitting at Jesus' feet and just getting taught, and it's very sweet. And I got to sit at Jesus' feet uh, for. Uh, The passages that we're going over tonight. It's a wonderful, wonderful time and experience. If you turn to Philemon, please. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 10 through 12 tonight. Philemon verses 10 through 12. We're continuing our study of this wonderful book, and last week, Paul was laying the foundation for his. Uh, admonishment to Philemon concerning his response to a runaway slave. And as of yet, Paul has not mentioned the slave, but he has mentioned how thankful he was for Philemon and for the love and the care that Philemon showed the saints of Jesus Christ. Now, why is that important? Because the runaway slave had become a Christian And if Philemon cared for the saints, then he would, on account of his love and faith in Christ, care for this slave as well. And we saw last week that although Paul had the authority to command Philemon regarding what to do with him, he restrained from doing so. Why? For love's sake. Remember that? Because Paul wanted Philemon to have the opportunity to do the will of God Out of his love for God, rather than out of necessity. So, Paul wrote to Philemon, not as an authoritarian apostle, but as an old prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul told him, if you'll look in verse 8, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ, to enjoin thee that which is convenient. Or in other words, to command you to do what you should do. Yet, for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Let me get my water here. So, Paul the aged says, I beseech you, Philemon, I graciously plead with you to do what's right concerning an important matter. Which lets us know that we also, based on how Paul dealt with Philemon, we also should be soft and gentle when addressing sensitive matters concerning the brethren. Uh, because of the Know I'm Saved ministry, a lot of times when someone comes to faith in Christ on the, uh, on the website, they develop a rapport with me, and then... They'll end up writing back with other Bible questions that they have. And uh, I don't have time to answer all the questions. I just can't do it. (laughs) You know, so I try to send them back to their local pastor and say, you know, ask your local pastor these questions. But uh, someone wrote me a question last night. I answered his question, and then I told him that, you know, basically in the future, you know, he needs to ask his pastor those questions. I can't be everybody's pastor everywhere. Um, so uh, he told me that he had just joined a new church and uh, that he the church that he had grew up in, the church that his great-grandfather helped build, he said uh, a, a young pastor came in and, and uh Got everybody mad at them, and now there's only like five cars left in the parking lot. And and uh, boy, it's so easy to come in and run folks off and get folks mad at you. And I've had folks mad at me, but uh, I know one thing. I know that, uh, and I've learned this in life as well as church, when you're dealing with people, Paul was wise. Paul had more authority than any person on the face of this earth outside those other 11 apostles, and uh, or 12, depending on how you count it. But uh, he had uh, more authority than any other person to tell Philemon what to do. But he eased his way into it very lovingly, very gently, and he respected Philemon as a man. I remember when I was a highway patrol trooper, uh, I was young, 21 years old, just getting out there, and and I thought muscles and swiftness, a big nightstick stick and a pistol would take care of people's attitudes. I found out real quick that a lot of times it will make people more mad at you and get you in more trouble than you would otherwise, and I found out that uh, if I would apply what the scripture said, a soft answer turns away wrath. A grievous word stir up anger. A lot of times you'll just treat a man with respect. No matter how sorry he is, you'll treat a man with respect most of the time. Isn't that right, Brother Shepherd? Most of the time. They'll do what you want them to do. I've actually had an uh, inmate write me from prison one time. He said, there's only two policemen I've ever liked, and you're one of them. <laughs> and... Uh, and anyway, he uh, said when he gets out of prison, he wants to come have lunch with me. I don't know if he'll ever get out. But if he does, if he looks me up, I'll go have lunch with him. But uh, just remember, Paul, how gracious he was. And then you remember to be gracious with others as well. So Paul gets now to the point, And he addresses the matter at hand. And he says to Philemon, verse 10, I beseech thee for my son, Onesimus. Onesimus was the runaway slave that belonged to Philemon. Now, what we have to understand is that Onesimus was a no-good slave. Now, we went over this uh, the other day, that the type of slaves we're looking at here are not the same as what the United States experienced during its time in slavery. Laws were different. Customs were different. Situations were different. But Onesimus was bound to, by law, to serve Philemon, at least for a number of years, and, uh, and he ran away. He failed to fulfill his legal obligation, and uh, Onesimus was legally bound to serve his master Philemon. That's very important. I'm going to say that again. Onesimus was legally bound to serve his master Philemon. Excuse me. But nevertheless, Onesimus forsook his obligation to his master and he ran away to do his own will. And by doing so, Onesimus became a powerful picture of me and you. Why? Because we also were created to do the will of our master in heaven. When we're created, We didn't give life to ourselves. We can't keep ourselves from dying. We can't give life to ourselves. We can't sustain our lives. Our life was given to us by our Creator. He created us for a purpose to serve Him, to be loved by Him, to love Him, and to do His commandments. Therefore, we are legally bound to serve our Master. However, all of us have forsaken our master's will and gone astray to seek our own will. In Psalm 119, 176, the psalmist told the Lord, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. When Jesus came to earth, he came to seek his servants that went astray In their sins. He didn't come to seek them for his own good. He came to seek us for our own good. And like Jesus the psalmist knew. That the best place for a servant to be. Was with his loving master. Now you may be thinking. I don't want to be in bondage. I want to be free. But spiritually speaking. We all are in bondage to something. It's just a matter of what we're in bondage to. The psalmist knew that to be bound to God was to be bound to life, liberty, and love. Hey, I'd like to be bound to that, wouldn't you? To be bound to life, liberty, and love. But to be free from God was to be bound to death, to bondage and the absence of love, the absence of truth as well. So seeking the life, the freedom, and the love that only God could give, the psalmist pleaded with God and said, Seek thy servant. Why is that? Because servants have a tendency to get lost, don't we? (laughs) We're all born servants to God, but we all have a tendency to be like Onesimus and run away, don't we? We have a tendency to get lost. And God must find us to deliver us from our bondage to sin. That he might free us from sin and bind us to his own self. And this is what Jesus came to do. He came to seek his servants that went astray like sheep. That he might deliver them from their bondage to death. And bring them home again. Their loving master. Jesus said in Luke 15, verse 4 through 7, He said, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner who repents, more than ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Onesimus went astray, but God had found him and was returning him back to his master. It must have come as quite a shock, I believe, to Philemon, when Paul said, I'm writing to you about Onesimus, what did he call him? My son. <laughs> Philemon's probably thinking, are we talking about the same Onesimus here? This title had never belonged to Onesimus before. Onesimus had formerly been a slave, but Onesimus had accepted Christ as his Savior, and now the slave was a son. Just like us. Onesimus was a servant, but now he is a son. Isn't that what happens to us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ? Do you see how perfectly this corresponds with our former bondage under the old covenant of the law and now the freedom and sonship that we have in the new covenant of Jesus Christ? In Galatians 4 verse 22 Paul explained that the two sons of Abraham, Ishmael and Isaac, that they represented uh, two people uh, born under two different covenants, the covenant of the Old Testament law and the covenant of the New Testament gospel grace. And Paul said that those in the flesh uh, under the law of Moses are slaves. But those born in the spirit through faith in Jesus Christ are, are free. Paul said. Told the Galatians. Abraham had two sons. The one out of the slave woman. And one out of the free woman. But indeed he out of the slave woman. Has been born according to the flesh. And he out of the free woman. Through the promise. Come out the promise of Christ. And then Paul explained. Which things are an allegory. For these are the two covenants. One being Mount Sinai bringing forth the slavery, which is Hagar. So Onesimus was formerly a slave like us who were born under the law, bound to that law, bound to sin and to death. But Onesimus, like us, had now been born again through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul said, Onesimus was now my son, look back in your text, whom I have begotten. Do you see what happened? Why was the servant now a son? Because of a new birth. Paul had given birth to Onesimus to the preaching of the gospel message. Onesimus was born again by the Spirit of God. Look with me, if you would, in Galatians chapter 4. Would you keep your place here in Philemon? But turn to Galatians chapter 4. Turn back to your left. A few books and you'll run into Galatians 4. If you look with me now in Galatians 4, 4, Paul said, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. Watch this now. Made of a woman, made under the law. Underscore that in your text. Christ was made under the law. And why was Christ made under the law? Remember that law is an old covenant that gives birth to bondage. The law is bondage. And Christ was brought underneath this law of bondage. And why did he do that? Look in verse 5, Galatians 4, 5. He did this to redeem them that were under the law. That is us. That we might receive the adoption of what? Sons, Do you see then this transition that good brother Doug you see this transition then but that us we are in bondage we are slaves and now through Christ in this new birth the slave has now become a son we've gotten out from under the bondage of the law and now we are bound to the grace of Jesus Christ and in verse 6. Galatians 4, he goes on to say, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, But Father, look now in verse 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. That's what happened to Phila- to Onesimus. That Onesimus was a picture of what happens to us. Thou art no more servant, but but a son. And if a son then an heir of God through Christ, listen to those beautiful words, no more a servant, but a son. That's what the book of Philemon is all about. The new identity that we have received through the gospel. Now I want you to notice how we gain that freedom in Jesus Christ. Look back in Galatians four, four again, please. Paul said, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Christ had to be bound to the law in order to free us from it by his grace. Do you see that? Christ had to be bound under the law. Christ had to come in the bondage that he might set us free. And look how Onesimus gained his freedom. Paul had to be bound by the law in order for him to be freed by Jesus' grace. Look back with me now in Philemon, verse 10. Philemon, verse 10. Paul said, I have begotten Onesimus. How? He said, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten, set with me in my bonds. (laughs) My goodness. Woo, that's good stuff, folks. No more servant but a son begotten by man in his bonds. And now through the man entering into bondage, the slave is now free and now a son. Folks, this is us. Just as Moses became a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament, leading Jews out of bondage, so now Paul becomes... A, a New Testament p- picture of Jesus Christ leading Gentiles out of bondage. How about that? Moses, what what did God say? Let my people go. So here's Moses, picture of Jesus, leading the Jews out of bondage. God still, and the, if God said, let my people go under that old covenant, how much more than under the new covenant? And here's the Apostle Paul, and through the Apostle Paul, through the preaching of the gospel, the greater spiritual truth, God still sang in the New Covenant, let my people go. And Paul becomes a picture of this wonderful, exceedingly more powerful uh, freedom of the gospel. Now, watch how Paul described Onesimus before his faith in Jesus Paul told Philemon that Onesimus was once a man, look in verse 11, which in time past was to thee unprofitable. He said, before Philemon, in time past, before I came into bondage and gave birth to Onesimus, and before Onesimus, through faith in Christ, turned from a servant to a son, And time passed before all that. He was unprofitable. Take your pens and underscore the word unprofitable. Now the Greek word that's used here that's translated unprofitable. It has the idea of somebody who because they are unwilling to yield to their master's will is unfit for service. You got some no good person. Unfit for their master's service. They're just not profitable. They can't use them for anything. They're no good. We were all created to serve our creator. Every one of us were created to be instruments of God's righteousness, vessels fit for our master's use. But because of our rebellion to his will, because of our fall into sin, we all became unprofitable Servants, I want you to notice, and, and, and for those of you who know, who know your Bible, recall how Jesus in a parable said that he is going to order the condemnation of unbelievers on judgment day. If you're taking notes outside the word unprofitable, right in your margin, Matthew 25, 30. Matthew 25, 30. Jesus said on that day, he'll say, cast ye the unprofitable servant... In the outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When a servant runs from his master, he is unprofitable to his Lord. And when a man runs from God, he too is an unprofitable servant. But when by faith we acknowledge God's righteous claim as our master, our creator, uh, uh, over our lives, and then we return to our creator through faith in his son, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.25, he says, For ye were as sheep going astray, but now are returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. That's what happens when we put our faith in Christ. We were as sheep going astray. We were unprofitable servants. We had run away from our master to whom we were legally bound. But by faith in Jesus Christ, that faith, that new birth, returns us back to the shepherd and bishops of our souls, restored. Servant back to the master and having acknowledged our Lord and returned to him through Jesus Christ. We are no longer unprofitable servants, but we are now members of the body of Christ, serving him who died to set us free. Paul said that Onesimus, like us, was once unprofitable. Look back in your text. But now, but now. Paul told Philemon, he is, look, profitable to thee and to me. In the same way, us, having been born again through faith in Jesus, we also are now profitable to God and to his son. By the way, do you know what the name Onesimus means? It means profitable. How about that? Now, you tell me that the Holy Spirit did not design that man and his circumstance in life to later become an inspired picture of our salvation. A man who was once unprofitable is now profitable, born again, begotten into freedom through a man who entered into chains and now was sent back to his master and is now profitable. Look back in verse 12. Paul says, whom I have sent again. As Paul returned the servant back to his master through the gospel, so the gospel sends us back to our master. We stray from our master, but then Jesus through his death and his resurrection, his ascension back to heaven, he sends us back again. And on account of his death and resurrection for us, he can say to the Father, look back in your text, Thou therefore receive him. What an amazing picture. I have entered in a bondage. I have begotten him. He's no longer a servant. He is now a son. He is now free, and I am returning him back. He once was unprofitable; he now is profitable. And sending him back, therefore, receive him. Wow! Glory. Onesimus was sent back to his master. How? By one whom his master loved. See that we were sent back to God. How? by one who God loves. We were born again. The Jesus Christ, he entered into bondage. He set us free. He took off our chains. He made us sons of God. He sent him back. He says, Father, they're now sons I'm sending them back to you. They once were unprofitable. They now are profitable. I'm sending them back, and because I'm sending them back, thou therefore receive them. Underline the words, receive him. Receive him. When we are sent back to God, he receives us on the basis of his son. See that word, therefore? Therefore, receive him on this basis, on the basis of the fact that I am sending him back and that he's a son. God receives us on the basis of Christ. That is, God receives us as if we were Jesus himself. Paul said, look, he said, therefore, receive him. Received this man, Onesimus. Look back in the text. That is mine own bowels. Who was Onesimus to Paul? He was as if he was Paul. When he says my own bowels, that's how we would say, when you're taking, when I'm sending Onesimus back, I'm not sending Onesimus back, I'm sending my heart back to you. Now, it, if, if, if Philemon loved Paul and Onesimus was the heart of the apostle Paul the only way he could reject Onesimus is to reject the very core of who Paul was you see that he said I'm sending him back to you that is my own bowels I'm sending my own heart back to you the only way God can reject you is if your faith is in Jesus as your Savior, the only way God can reject you is to reject the very core of who Jesus is. Do you know who Jesus is? He's God manifested in the flesh. The only way God could reject Christ is to reject himself. That's the only way God could reject you, is to reject his own heart. It's not possible. Paul said, Re- therefore receive him. That is my own bowels. You receive him, Onesimus. I'm sorry for Laman. As if you were receiving me. That's how God receives us. Jesus says to the father, receive Tony White. As if you are receiving my own heart. Herein lies the beauty of the gospel. You ready? God doesn't accept you as you are. He accepts you as Jesus is on your behalf. God doesn't accept you as you are. He accepts you as Jesus is on your behalf. What an incredible nugget of truth, out of this little bitty book, Philemon, when my sister used to get up and sing, she 's still little, <laughs> but boy, when she was even smaller, even younger, I remember she'd get up to sing, and people would say, "How can that great big boy voice come out of something so little like that and uh, but you know what here's this little Philemon, I guess I could nickname it Sonia. but here's my little Philemon a little book with a great big voice. For that, we'll go ahead and close in prayer. Yes, sir, brother. Brother Shepard has a poem. Don't forget your microphone, brother. How did the microphone do when I moved it to this pocket? Praise God. It was for the sake of love Philemon was beseeched by Paul the aged prisoner of the Christ of whom he preached, the son of Paul by ministry, the son of God by grace, Onesimus had run away, hid from Philemon's face. Yet love again would be the way that God this man would draw to bring redemption to a slave and freedom from the law. Yes, Onesimus was once... A man who did abscond, but unto Paul he was a son begotten in his bonds. And we like that Onesimus are profitless indeed, but we like him in sonship by Christ have been received.